0: Slavo. Today, we discuss none other than Marilyn Monroe. And so before we step through her life, Slavo, give us something you learned about her that kind of blew your mind, a little teaser for the audience, a bit of podcast seduction, if you will.
1: Wow. So people may know or may not know that she was actually married to Joe DiMaggio, the baseball player. Well, turns out, and she also dated Frank Sinatra at one point before she dated Frank Sinatra. And after she was divorced from Joe DiMaggio, Joe DiMaggio was like crazy in love with her still. And he actually hired a private investigator and the private investigator called him one night and was like, Joe, she is sleeping with a man. She is in this apartment complex. And Joe was mad angry. Yeah. He was not a very, uh, he was kind of a controlling fellow. He had a mean streak. He had a mean streak and he was angry. And so him and Frank Sinatra, his friend, yeah, they're like, they g- gathered like a mob of people. Yeah. All drunk. All <laughs> drunk <laughs> to go to this apartment to go confront her and the person that she was sleeping with. Yeah. They get there. They smashed the lock and they, they get into the apartment. Turns out they had the wrong house.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, this story. First of all, crazy. You got big names, but how much does it remind you of OJ Simpson? Where you have like an ex-lover of sorts. At this Mm -hmm. point, I think Joe DiMaggio and Marilyn are divorced or getting divorced, Mm -hmm. and you have the angry ex-husband who has an abusive past shows up (laughs) at the house. Like if it had been the right door it could have been a shit show with an angry mob (laughs) with an angry mob and Frank Sinatra. (laughs) And as it turns out, she was with another man nearby enough that they could hear them break in. And they were like in a different, like apartment, different
1: room. It's crazy. And this was, this was at the time, this was back in the, this was back in the fifties. This was a different time. So it's kind of scary to think about what might have happened if they had broken in. What hap- What might have happened to her? What might have happened to the guy?
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean. Uh, yeah. And they did Joe DiMaggio, Frank Sinatra. They had a camera because they wanted to like catch her in the act and like be, I don't know, maybe
1: it would help in the divorce proceedings. <laughs> be like, and she's with another man. And Frank Sinatra, I think he ended up getting sued.
0: Yeah. It went, through, it went <laughs> to legal battles.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah. He got sued for like thousands of dollars by the person who owned the house. Yeah. Um, For, you know, the whole uh, break in (laughs) filming angry mob.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Wild story. But before this all happened, before there even was a Marilyn Monroe. Wow. She was born Norma Jean Mortensen on June 1st, 1926 in the belly of the beast, Los Angeles, California.
1: (laughs) The belly of the beast. (laughs) L.A. is
0: a beast. (laughs) Mm. So she's born to a single mother, Gladys, who Gladys herself had a very tumultuous life, you know, alcoholics, husband who stole, or not stole, but took the children out of her custody.
1: Yeah, that was weird with with the husband how they had I think she got married at six fifteen or sixteen, and then the husband just one day took the kids and moved to Kentucky and never came back.
0: Yeah, and it sounds like she had a drinking problem, was kind of out on the town. The husband just took the kids and left. And Marilyn is born into this world out of the box. Her mother can't care for her, and she is placed with foster parents. Mm-hmm. And for her childhood, like where she lived, who she lived with, we're talking double digits type of parents. Like she was with and lived in several places Norma Jean, to be Marilyn Monroe. But I'll, we'll go through some of the main figures, mm-hmm. the Bolanders, specifically Ida Bolander. This is the first foster family she stays with and probably her most like stable guardian she'll have in her childhood. She lived there until about seven. She had a dog. You know, it was... Probably the most she was cared for in like a positive, normal upbringing.
1: Yeah, it was very much, uh, well, it wasn't with her mother, but at this point, it was a very traditional childhood upbringing up until the age of seven.
0: Yeah. And then at seven, Norma, to be Marilyn, her mother, Gladys, comes back into the picture and wants to take her back. And Marilyn at this point barely knows Gladys, but she goes with her mother. It's just and it's a very like again, her mother's not the most stable woman. And then Grace, Marilyn's mom, is a
1: friend who also like lives with them. And it's significant because Grace is someone that Marilyn is gonna end up spending portions of her childhood living with as well. So there's a lot of weird dynamics going on. With, very, with all yeah. of these folks.
0: Yeah, very weird dynamics. And she's, she's living with Gladys and Grace, Gladys, her mother. But then Gladys is hearing voices and she is kind of going crazy. She thinks she hears people outside. She's babysitting and tells the family, I heard people. They want to hurt us. I saw one in the cupboard and they find her at one point, uh, N- Norma Jean, Marilyn's mother, like in a feeble position, rocking And they take her to a neurologist and she gets diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic. And so naturally, Norma Jean's mother, Gladys, gets put into an institution and and then kind of Grace takes over temporarily as a legal parent.
1: Yep. And that and that's just about when Gladys stops becoming a prominent parental figure in Norma Jean's life at that point.
0: Yeah. I mean, probably for the best. (laughs) And as
1: one does when they're diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia <laughs> and committed to a mental hospital.
0: Yeah. And so Gray's takes over as legal parent, but at, at points she sends Norma Jean off to other foster oh. homes. Like I said, we're talking double digit how many homes Norma
1: Jean stayed with. Mm-hmm. And uh, should be noted, Norma Jean is molested multiple times throughout, this, uh, throughout all this shuffling. Once, by Grace's husband, Doc. Yeah, and so that I think played a factor, which is weird because she. Well, that's not weird. It's actually kind of sad that she like goes back to their family at some point later, and then there was also uh, George Atkinson back when her mom first got her house. There was an issue with with him as well. So, Norma Jean is definitely the victim of not only a lot of shuffling but also sexual abuse and at, yeah. at, at these young ages.
0: Yeah. Awful stuff. Like these are the people who are supposed to be in some respects, the guardians living in the same houses as her around her all the time, supposed to help her. Norma Jean has basically no one to really advocate or care for her. She has no stable figure and they're taking advantage of this young girl. It's very just terrible stuff. It's just a, a, a rough, rough childhood for Norma Jean who become Marilyn Monroe in which I feel like why I don't know do you agree with this that I've, a lot of performers and artists have tragic backgrounds
1: yes i think there's and they say like comedians the best comedians come from tra- tragic backgrounds as well mm-hmm. that they have like a lot of personal issues
0: yeah i mean Pete, Pete Davidson his
1: dad died in the 911 fires I mean, tons of comedians have have struggled with addiction and actors and singers, songwriters. I think that uh, tragedy and sadness and those things a lot of times kind of just bring out genuine artistic ability a lot of times. So, And I also think that it's possible that people who – maybe have those kind of issues, whether it be addiction or whether it be kind of some sort of sad thing in their past, striving to go out and be an artist, being on stage, being on the movie screen, putting yourself Mm -hmm. into a character where you're making yourself into something. I think in the case of Marilyn, she went to the movies when she was a kid and she saw the people up there and she was like, this is where I want to be. I want to be mm. on that screen. I want to play house and have yeah. like the perfect life.
0: Yeah, it's a good point. But she very much kind of grew up grew up around it. And yeah, probably used tragedy in her past to kind of express genuine feeling or have the desire to kind of be that celebrity. But yeah, it definitely seems to be a pattern,
1: yeah. I believe. I think people who have tragedy in their background and kind of embrace it and use that to maybe bring some something out of themselves. I think that resonates with audiences. I think people want to see everybody experiences some sort of sadness, tragedy um, struggles in their life. And I think to to be able to look on stage or look on a screen and see something that see somebody dealing with something that you may deal with yourself. Mm -hmm. I think people relate to that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And certainly with her, like being
0: abused as a kid, I don't think it was as well known of an issue kind of the child molestation that went on and she was kind of a for runner of bringing that conversation and i also i think we just hear about the tragedy from the celebrities more just because they are the ones on the the podium speaking and so we also you know uh, obviously tons of
1: people go through this and we just never hear because they're not in the limelight yeah joe Schmo, the accountant like <laughs> Isn't having his life dissected. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah. And so Marilyn gets married at the young age of 16 to James' daughter. And basically it's Grace, her kind of guardian, is just setting her up. Kind of an arranged marriage, but she's really trying to get her out of her hands. Mm -hmm. And now at the young age of 16, her husband's 21. She's married. Her husband, is he joins the war effort and he goes out to the Pacific and he is away from her and she starts working as in a factory like many women started to do during that time a photographer comes in and they want to take pictures of people in the factory and boom she had a natural talent
1: <laughs> I'm sorry i was saying no, i didn't no. mean to interrupt i was just gonna say she's a star <laughs> she's a star she takes her first photo and she's a star
0: yeah camera finds her the camera loves her she loves the camera and honestly i think within a year she does 30 pinups she gets signed to a modeling agency she's kind of this overnight sensation in terms of modeling we don't have this amazing actress career she goes on to do but she's an overnight modeling sensation in the first year or so after she just randomly gets a picture taken uh, because she worked in a factory
1: yep and at this point should be noted her hair is brown not blonde.
0: Yeah, it's like a chestnut. I was I was so surprised.
1: <laughs> the pictures of her when she's at the peak of her fame and what a lot of people would recognize her by, and the pictures of her when she was taking her first modeling photos while working at the factory, you would not think they were the same person.
0: Yeah. But for whatever reason, there was just a fascination for blondes and she gets blonde hair and becomes like the blonde bombshell despite the fact that she's not naturally
1: blonde. I think... I think another significant thing about that was that blonde hair was viewed as almost like kind of an American thing. Mm -hmm. And that's, and one of the things that really helped propel Marilyn to stardom was the fact that she was viewed as like this American cultural icon. Mm -hmm. So I thought, I thought maybe the blondness kind of just played into that and just made her even more American looking. Mm -hmm. I could see that.
0: And then she's doing this. Her husband is overseas in the war. He comes back and he is against her career to the point where it becomes, uh, they're going to divorce over it. Mm. And I mean, you know, it was almost an arranged marriage of sorts. She was so young when she got into it at like 16, you know, it's probably for the best.
1: Yeah. And she was very bored in the marriage and I think she was just ready to kind of spread her wings. Yeah. Yeah felt like it was definitely for the best. She starts to
0: turn her sights to the movies. She signs a couple small deals. Fox has her for a bit. They release her. Columbia picks her up. She's doing acting classes, but nothing really sticks. And this made me think of, have you ever heard that homeless people in Los Angeles, the belly of the beast, are like very good looking?
1: What? Really? Yes.
0: Yeah. People say that the homeless in Los Angeles are have like blue eyes, good jaw lines. They're very good looking because a lot of them went out to be actors and actresses. You know, we're told for from a young age that they're attractive people and then things don't work out and it's like a very tough business and they become homeless. So I I have like a cousin who lives out there. I've just heard a lot of people say like, you will not find a more attractive homeless population than Los Angeles, Hollywood, that area.
1: Really? I guess that's interesting. Yeah, they, there's a lot of people that uh, that move out to L.A. I feel like maybe everybody knows someone that <laughs> moved out to L.A. to pursue their acting career. So yeah. I guess that's not super surprising. There's like a lot of homeless people in Los Angeles, though.
0: That's what I hear. No,
1: that's I mean, cool, though. Yeah, it's interesting. Okay, maybe that's not cool. I'm sorry. I take that right. No, I know. It's sorry, I didn't. Mean, a, yes, that is an interesting fact. I mean, do we want the homeless cool.
0: population to be ugly? They already don't have enough things going against that's them. Like,
1: have you ever heard about the homeless population in Seattle? Absolutely hideous. <laughs> and I
0: think. Marilyn Monroe, Norma Jean at this point, she's pretty ripe for this. She could become homeless. Like she doesn't really have any, that many reliable, stable figures she could fall back on if things don't work out. Mm. But luckily she's a hustler. She was tenacious and talented and and she makes it work out.
1: Yeah, she was very smart. She was very career oriented and did Mm -hmm. what she had to do, was a hard negotiator and like really played to her strengths. Fought her way.
0: Yeah. And like the, the modeling agency said she went after every gig. She was like relentless. And so I think this brings us to our first segment where she hasn't quite made it, but what are some signs that you have made it or alternatively signs you're still grinding? You're still on the up and up.
1: Okay. So these, uh, I have, I have like a list of some <laughs> that they're not necessarily like a respective field. But it's more just like you've made it in life, or you've become a star kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. You want to go first? Sure, I'll take the first one. <laughs> if you don't have to pay the cover at a club, Ooh. this is this is for uh, maybe more for. I think normally it's men that pay covers at club. I don't know. I don't go to that many <laughs> clubs, but um, if you if you go to the club and you don't have to pay a cover because they kind of they're like you yeah. you belong here. I feel Mm -hmm. like you've made it. That's such a good point. If they're doing favors for
0: you because of who you are Uh or how you look like, that's a good sign. So when I have people work around your schedule, and so Marilyn Monroe, she was notoriously late and inconsistent in showing Mm -hmm. up to movie sets. Like later on when she's crushing it and she's bringing in all this money Mm -hmm. that producers would plan around her. They would have a set of days where they're like, okay, we know she's just going to randomly not show up. So we have like backup sets we can do from those days when Marilyn just doesn't show up. But I mean, they can't do anything about it because Marilyn Monroe is bringing all the money. She's so important. When she got to that point, it's like, okay, she's big time now.
1: Yeah, and early in her career, it kind of hurt her because she was kind of hard to work with. But then as it went on and she was like the name ticket, then, uh, then she got to do that. So that's, that's a great point. Mine, anytime if you have a signed picture on the wall at a restaurant, <laughs> oh, you know so those pizza true. places <laughs> that, that like you yes. go in and they, uh, <laughs> and they have all the pictures on the wall of people yeah. shaking hands with the owner and yes, they sign yeah. them. If you, can, if you can get on that wall, if you're notable enough that they'll put you on the wall with a signature then you've made it. Absolutely. I mean that's the real hall of fame. That's
0: the who's who, no doubt. Okay, so he- here's one a sign that you're still grinding. If you're eating Kraft mac and cheese or ramen noodles, like that's a sign that you're you're still on the up and up. You're like in a dimly lit apartment working on your play right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can I edit that? Can yeah. I say if you're still eating Kraft mac and cheese or ramen out of, <laughs> yeah, out of necessity. I mean, I love it. It's delicious. <laughs> because maybe, I mean, there I mean, there are people out there that are probably like, I've made it. And I love Kraft Mac and Cheese. <laughs> so maybe, but a lot of times, like ramen, 100%. Something, like yeah. Sometimes th- th- that's all you can't afford. Yeah. And you don't have time to make anything because you're just grinding trying to make it. Yeah, exactly. You haven't quite made it yet. Another one is, this one could be a little more local. I, I think... Maybe this isn't another one that's restaurant related as well. If you have a food dish named after you at any mm-hmm. restaurant. So if it's like Joe's steak and cheese, Joe's cheesesteak or <laughs> Bill's burger or but if you have if you have a dish named after you at a restaurant, you've kind of made it specifically in that restaurant.
0: Absolutely, you're big time. They're using your name for marketing. Mhm. Here's a sign, a, another grinding one. You're still on the up and up. If you're crashing at people's places and like staying on the couch, just trying to couch surfing, uh, yeah. couch surfing. which Marilyn had to do when she was hustling, making her way to the top, she was sleeping at a lot of her friends' houses. So I feel like that's a sign that you're, you're still on the up and up.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. If you're, if you're couch surfing, if you're, uh, you, you need, you need that cash. You don't, maybe you don't have the income coming in yet. And uh, you can't afford your own place, you're still on that grind, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Really, anytime you're eating the same thing, like seven days a week, <laughs> as well, <laughs> this is kind of on the ramen thing. But if you're like, yeah. I make a sandwich and I just eat that every single day, I feel like you're still on the grind. Yeah. Yeah. And for all
0: those people grinding, like it's about the climb,
1: you know, just keep at it. I mean, a lot of it's about the journey. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A lot of people think, hey, once I get to this point, then I'm going to be happy, but you just got to try to enjoy yourself on your way there. And I think people on the grind, a lot of your fun memories are going to be the time that you were couch surfing.
0: Yep, absolutely. You're going to look back on it fondly. Definitely.
1: Another one I was thinking was if you don't look at the price tags, if you go to a restaurant Mm -hmm. or uh, Mm -hmm. a restaurant, well, I mean, that could also be a thing if you go to a restaurant and you just don't pay attention to how much the dishes cost.
0: (laughs) somehow all these segments Daveo brings back to food.
1: <laughs> we have another segment later that I will also bring back to food, but <laughs> okay, but this okay, this could go for a restaurant or it could go for if you go to the gap or some clothing store. If you go there and you say, "Oh, I'm just going to get the entree." I think a lot of people will agree with me. I go to a restaurant let me check the burgers. Those are a little bit cheaper than the entrees. Maybe I'll save $10 here and there. If you've made it, you're just going to pick what you want. You're yeah. not You're not going to take that into effect. Maybe you'll get an appetizer as well. Yeah, absolutely. If you're in the Chipotle
0: lot line and they say extra guac and you don't have to think about it,
1: <laughs> you made it. That's the number one. That's the number <laughs> one. If you just get guac at Chipotle, <laughs> you've made it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Okay, so one I think kind of happens is people have glow-ups. And I'm going to give two examples. Jeff Bezos. like If you look at the pictures of him when he's grinding and starting Amazon, he's just like dweeby little nerd. And now Bezos is jacked. He's an intimidating dude.
1: <laughs> I don't know how much he's glowed up. <laughs> like- <laughs> dude, I'll show you some pics, man. <laughs> yeah. I've seen the pics. He's definitely gotten more buff, but he's... Yeah, yeah.
0: Or what about so Elon Musk? Back in the day, he was like bald. Okay. Now he's got a nice head of hair. Where'd that? Yeah, I don't come know from? how that
1: one worked. I don't know how that one works. I think the Martians brought it to him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, whatever whatever he did is what I plan to do if needed. Hopefully, I've made it. So there's another thing. If you've made it, if like all of a sudden those glow ups, this is exactly what you're talking about. If like all of a sudden one day, maybe, maybe it's going from the top. Maybe it's going from the back. Something that happens to a lot of men and women. Mm -hmm. If all of a sudden one day, I can't snap my fingers, but snap your fingers and you've got a full head of hair or you've got perfect teeth one day, then you've made it. I think about a soccer analogy. Do you know uh, Jurgen Klopp? No. He's the manager of Liverpool. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you look at pictures, he used to manage a team called Borussia Dortmund in Germany. And if you look at pictures from him, and this is not to, I'm not trying to insult Jurgen Klopp, very good looking fellow, but he did have some, uh, some tough teeth situation, teeth, teeth alignment situation. All of a sudden, one day he's, he was at Liverpool perfect the whitest teeth you've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> and you've made it when that happens you just yeah, all of a sudden yeah, one day yeah. you just have like perfect facial features then uh, yeah. then you definitely made it so yeah, i agree with absolutely. you there the, the instantaneous glow up yeah and i will say i have a ton of respect for people who make it and don't do the glow up
0: they just you know what i'm saying they, do you have any they good own who of they are <sighs> i feel like a lot of people get big and just like kind of own who they are
1: you don't really think about it I don't want to start naming people who need a glow up. Yeah, naming names. <laughs> yeah, who are people who should have gotten a glow up but didn't? Like You said it. <laughs> all right,
0: all right. Like uh Adam Sandler just like looks like a slob all the time, but he owns it. Uh, he has a great personality.
1: A yeah. Like he, just, just be who you are. Yeah, I mean, that's a great example. And the fact that he hasn't grown up is a glow up. <laughs> because his personality is just so He's just so steadily Adam Sandler that people like him more, yeah, than they would have if he had done what Absolutely. was typical.
0: Yeah, I mean, everyone out there, you're you're fine just the way you are. Yeah. Unless you like, unless you like murder and rape kids, then you should probably. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus.
1: <laughs> or adults. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, like, give me—is it a crime of passion? I can. <laughs> so the acting thing not working out right away so she goes back to modeling Mm -hmm. and you know maybe poses for some commercials still taking acting classes and during this time she does a nude photo shoot under the name mona monroe it's in a calendar i think at this point but she's not quite the big celebrity it comes out later when she becomes this big actress but this is the time when she poses for that nude
1: photo shoot yeah it came out it comes out years later that, that she had done it and uh, was a big scandal when it came out. Oh, yeah. And everybody was and this was kind of where Marilyn Monroe, she kind of did these things where they were these big scandals and mm-hmm. she was the one who was willing to um, she would have her dress like the shoulder strap would pop during a press conference or something like that. And were all these things that were seen as like completely unheard of. Mm-hmm. But she was kind of at the forefront of these publicity moments Mm -hmm. that seem to become very popular nowadays.
0: Yeah, exactly. With the photo shoot, she was told to by the producers and this is later on, but she was told to lie and say, Oh, it's some lookalike. I don't know who it is, but she intelligently scheduled the meeting with the reporter just herself. And she was like, no, it was me. Like things were tough. I was trying to make a buck and gets a ton of publicity. It really promotes her brand, kind of smart marketing by her.
1: It's like a bold, independent woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, <man>. mm-hmm. <laughs> and and
0: she's starting to learn the Hollywood game. And a little bit later, she becomes a mistress of Johnny Hyde, a VP of an agency. By all accounts, he was infatuated with her and really loved her and wanted to. Yeah, they I mean, were in love. Yeah. And especially on his side. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, she was very fond of him as well and, you know, said she loved him, but she wouldn't marry him. He wanted her to marry him. And friends of Marilyn Monroe were like, like, you have this guy who's obsessed with you. He's wealthy. Just roll with it. But she didn't think she loved him enough. Anyways, he's very instrumental in her life because he gets her a uh, seven year bigger contract with 20th century Fox. And a little bit after this, he dies
1: like days later. Yeah. He dies. And
0: and she's very upset about this. Mm -hmm. she like, you know, kind of blames herself a little bit. Survivor's guilt. And I think she has a suicide overdose scare that happens right after he dies.
1: Yeah. Through this entire time period, she's kind of incrementally using alcohol barbiturates confession what is barbiturates i mean i googled it (laughs) it's pills pills. and i think a lot of times used
0: for sleeping and i do think that's how she got started was she couldn't sleep um
1: is it like xanax would that be a barbiturate (sighs) i don't don't know know.
0: i don't know but pill you can get prescribed she's using it for sleep Mm. using a lot of it and i mean it Increasingly becomes a problem. Clearly, she's already having at this young age when she's still in her young 20s. People don't know if it's an attempted suicide or just an accidental overdose, but she is um, its a very serious situation. Mm. And she's 25 at this point. She's starting to be in supporting roles in Fox comedies. Critics are praising her. People are taking notice of her and people see a ton of potential in her. Things really take off when she dates jolt and joe dimaggio (laughs) a yankee slugger who is he's very in the spotlight yep i think she loves that about him when she met him she was like wow he's just a center of attention he controls the room the tabloids love it and she's starts to get
1: a lot of press yeah they were very much the tabloid couple celebrity dating they were on the cover of the newspapers and whatnot
0: Yeah. And she's becoming like a major sex symbol, starting to really become a big time actress. She stars in a film called Niagara, where they really push, you know, this blonde bombshell that is Marilyn. And she's very good at playing that role, using her skill set to excel at it. Um,
1: She had the, Do you know, the horizontal walk. No, (laughs) what is this? How do you walk horizontally? Well, she was known because when she would walk, she would swing her hips in such a way that they called it the horizontal walk because she would be moving horizontally as she walked forward.
0: Okay, I absolutely know the horizontal walk. (laughs) I know what you're talking about.
1: (laughs) So that was, she had these things that she did and she was hyper-focused on her acting ability Mm -hmm. and she... Was really pushing to be a great actor. She was always pushing for better roles and roles that would expand her uh, and make it so she wasn't being typecast.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But she really was getting pushed into these roles where it was kind of she was more of a visual character and less of a an acting character. But she would she would excel in them.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I do think she felt a lot of times not respected as an actress because she is playing these blonde bombshell roles. But I will say, I think if you at anything, if you're at the top of the game and being this blonde bombshell character, then like she has super good skills. She knows how to portray herself and play this character, Marilyn Monroe. I, I think like she is very
1: talented at playing this character. Yeah, she perfected playing the character and then she also did all the things outside of the character that Yeah. That- would then make that character more appealing. Mm -hmm. She did the publicity stunts with her sexuality. She played up the fact that she was just this innocent, which is kind of like creepy a little bit to think about now, because Mm -hmm. you're thinking about the fact that she was much more popular with men than with women Mm -hmm. at the time, because she was playing up that she was this innocent blonde girl. And she was very like, like, Oh, like always gave these like coy Mm -hmm. answers so she was able to really harness everything about what she was playing in the movies and use it to just like rocket propel her stardom. Absolutely. And like you're saying, she's using the
0: tabloids. And I think around this time she appears in Playboy. I believe it's the original photo shoot from the calendar, that nude photo shoot we talked about. I believe Playboy uses that, mm-hmm. but it's just playing up her role as a sex symbol where people see her on the screen. They see her in the tabloids. They, they, no, they see that she's in Playboy and she's really creating this brand for herself the first issue the very first issue of Playboy she was on the cover
1: really yeah it was yeah. the very first issue that she was the, the, on the on the cover of yeah and I mean the, the Marilyn Monroe image kind of became iconic within Playboy yeah ever
0: yeah so during her filming for the seven year itch they shoot a very famous scene and it's in New York City. I think it's by a subway gate. Everyone knew this was being shot and this was being, you know, modeled performed and mm-hmm. people showed up to watch. And there's this famous scene where her skirt blows up. Yeah. Apparently people there could it was very revealing.
1: <laughs> yes. And it was very scandalous. Mm-hmm. And it was I think she ended up getting fired from the movie for doing it or something like that. Am I wrong? I, I believe it. I mean, there was, there was, she got so much pushback
0: all the time and it was back and forth mm-hmm. with her and Fox and what she was doing. So it wouldn't surprise me. Joe DiMaggio was there and it really upset him uh, to the point when they went back to the hotel, he like abused her, beat her up pretty bad. There's people in the hotel who, who knocked on the door and were, and he's like, mind your own business just a terrible situation and this is kind of the catalyst that leads to their divorce and like i think Marilyn has bruises on her back the fox gets involved because they're worried about their star performer all of her friends are really worried yeah her and joe dimaggio it was a known thing that joe wanted her to drop her career mm-hmm. and kind of be this trophy housewife And she didn't want that and so a lot of people were like they should not have gotten married
1: Mm. and their marriage only lasted like eight months yeah
0: and they dated before that for like two years Mm -hmm. marriage ended quickly because of the abuse but yet he still is someone that later in her life when she goes through tough times she turned to
1: yeah he was very much in love with her all the (laughs) way until when she passed yeah so Yeah, I guess that's that's something
0: as we're saying, she's always portrayed as this blonde bombshell and she wants to try different roles. She wants to play dramatic roles, but Fox has like complete control of her creative talents and they have complete say in what she does. So she pulls a huge power move and starts her own production company, Marilyn Monroe Productions. Mm -hmm. This is in 1954. Male actors had done this, I believe, like John Wayne, but she is the first female to do it, and it's a big power move.
1: Yeah, and it was something that it showed her business acumen as well because it gave her the ability to negotiate better with studios, and it really made her more of a power player and able to control her career much better than before when she was at the mercy of the studios and what contracts they were willing to give her. When she had her own studio or her own production company, she was much more, uh, she had much more leverage to use in negotiations and she was much more established. So yeah. it was a great move by her.
0: Great move financially in terms of getting the roles she wants. And like you're saying, she's realizing her value. And later on, Fox signs her back for a huge amount of money at the time, 400,000 to make four movies. And they allowed her... To kind of pick some of the movies she wants, so it absolutely played into exactly what she wanted. I think now is a good time to digress. So, Marilyn Monroe, very much an American symbol. She's she's like you're saying, pretty distinctly American. And I think Slavo has some things that are very distinctly American. What are those Slavo? And I will I will tell you how American I think they are. I'll rate them. <laughs> Ten being
1: like preposterously American, all right, the first one I pulled multiple people and they said this was this is the first thing they thought, of. and be careful because you start ranking some things, then you're gonna have to rank others, and you're gonna we're gonna have to compare these things to each other a mm. little bit. Number one, the hot dog mm interesting.
0: I didn't realize that was distinctly American. I could have thought maybe you know the Germans when they invented the bratwurst, but I'm gonna give it a seven. You know, it's cheap, it's fatty, it's American, United States of American.
1: Okay, so hot dog gets a seven. Number two. The Nathan's Fourth of July hot dog <laughs> eating competition.
0: <laughs> Let's go. That's I mean, it's gotta be more than just the hot dog. It's a competition about how much you can eat, overindulgence, competition, capitalism. I'm gonna give it an eight. <laughs>
1: An eight? Oh my god. I pre wrote in ten. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna erase that. I mean, come on, it's capitalism, it's the fourth of July, it's hot dogs and oh, it's an I forgot eating about competition. The 4th of
0: July. I'm gonna adjust it up to a nine. I forgot about that Okay, the 4th of all right, July. I'll move it to a nine.
1: I'm sorry, I feel like I swayed that a little bit, but all right, we're in the sports subcategory mm-hmm. now. So uh football, American mm-hmm. football specifically.
0: Yeah. So this one I think is very American because not very popular in other countries. We took the name of a sport that already exists, football, and applied it to a sport that is you mostly use your hands. Yeah. Like what's more American than that?
1: <laughs> yeah. And not only that, the people who use their feet in football, everybody else calls them sissies.
0: <laughs> so I will give American
1: football an eight, an eight out of 10. Okay. How about baseball? They say baseball is America's pastime.
0: Yeah. This is an interesting one. I do think historically baseball played a bigger role, but I kind of think football's taking the storm a little bit with the fantasy football. But I'm, so I'm going to give it an eight again. You know, they're kind of crossing another paths. they are at the eight. same
1: level. Okay. Okay. Uh, final sport. How about curling? <laughs>
0: I mean, that's got to be like a Canada, like just we're a couple, couple curlers in Canada <laughs> just having a good time. So it, I'm going to that like a four.
1: All right, good. That was a good test right there because I was saying a lot of things that are particularly American. I just threw that one in there just to just to make sure that the ranking skill was working. <laughs> all right. Now we're going to move on to politics. <laughs> so <this is> gonna <laughs> oh, be <a> boy. <laughs> all right. The first one, Donald Trump.
0: <laughs> oh boy okay this <laughs> I, really see- <laughs> I really okay let me set you so, up
1: there <laughs>
0: there's a part of him like the the overconfidence boisterous just like we are the best attitude that i think yeah. a lot of people associate with american
1: american attitudes yeah
0: american attitudes but then there's this you know he yeah i don't know <laughs> <laughs> Pass.
1: Pass, pass, pass. Okay, pass. That was good. You danced on that one well. Country music. We're now in a cultural category.
0: Mm, interesting. You know, I think that's pretty American.
1: Nashville. Down in Nashville.
0: I'm going to give it a seven.
1: <laughs> and the last one, this is relevant to Marilyn Monroe, Hollywood. Wow. So Hollywood's got to be up there because...
0: A lot of other countries grow up watching Hollywood movies. It's this like bastion of culture that doesn't really represent (laughs) the everyday life of most Americans, but it just has such a huge cultural effect around the world and people love the movies. So I'm going to, it's something interesting, but I'm going to give it a nine.
1: Nine. Okay. So from my list, the least American thing that I said was curling. Got a four. (laughs) Everything else I listed was a seven, eight, or nine. (laughs) Um, Hollywood and the Nathan's 4th of July hot dog eating competition (laughs) are are the most American things on the list. Sounds pretty good to me. Do you have anything that I did not list that you think may be more American than those? no
0: uh but do you remember when we were with your friends in england this was like the game we play we were like hey like what stereotypes do you think of <laughs> w- with americans and um you know they said the usual suspects yeah.
1: that was actually around the time where uh that was when the elections were happening with uh that was in like the elections before 2016 Mm -hmm. and uh and donald trump was like campaigning and everybody was like what is it like living in the united states (laughs) is it as scary as it sounds Oh, guns that's a thing that's very american guns because people were very afraid of guns they were like wow you have guns everywhere i was like yeah
0: I i know people love their guns and the other thing school shootings or just shootings in general i remember being in cabs in other countries and they're like what's up with all the shootings and i'm just like dude i don't know like how do you explain <laughs>
1: these types of acts but that's another kind of yeah you know, that is true just trying to have a fun podcast here <laughs> school shootings yeah. it's uh, like the the rule of hitler have you heard of that no that any argument will eventually if it continues long enough somebody will be compared or something will be compared to Hitler.
0: That is so true. (laughs) Like politically or whenever people are on either sides, like eventually you just get to the point where you're saying the other side, like this is what they did before the Nazis. This is what the Nazis (laughs) were doing.
1: Somebody's going to get called a Nazi or something's going to be compared to Hitler or like something like that. That's just, that's just how it goes generally. (laughs) That's so accurate. uh, Yeah. It's like, it's just like any podcast. <laughs> if you report the podcast long enough, <laughs> somebody's gonna mention school shootings. <laughs> and then it's not gonna be fun. <laughs> yeah.
0: And so now she is with the Maryland Productions and working with Fox and leveraging her production company and being very successful. She mm-hmm. starts dating Arthur Miller, this like well renowned playwright and intellectual. The Crucible oh what did he write
1: it oh yeah he wrote the crucible
0: okay he is big time because reading about him i was like this guy's head's too big he like thinks he's a shit like (laughs) yeah and so she eventually marries arthur miller this will be the third marriage they got married quickly in a courtroom they were gonna have a celebration later apparently in between then she was crying and Arthur Miller was like, you don't have to go through as a marriage. So it sounded again, like maybe not that she was all into this marriage, but she really wanted to make it work. And a big theme that she always wanted was to have kids. So they do get married. You know, they have the ups and downs. Things are okay. Her drug use is really increasing yes. and she has a couple miscarriages in the mid 1950s. She's in her late twenties, early thirties. She took it really hard because she really wanted to be a mother.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And and things are just getting worse. She's taking a lot of pills, drinking champagne, her mental health. She has bouts of depression throughout her whole life. And she starts kind of telling friends she is hearing voices. And considering her mom was put into an institution for schizophrenia, Mm -hmm. her like, I think grandfather might've hung himself, her grandmother, people assumed to have also kind of lost her sanity. She is personally worried about losing her sanity, hearing voices, becoming or is a schizophrenic
1: Hmm.
0: and so things are kind of in her dire straits she has therapists they know she's suicidal at different times she has overdoses again on these prescribed pills and champagne and she has a lot of doctors she sees and she's kind of doctor shops to get more pills like cleaning ladies who go into her room are like there's just pills everywhere there's a ton of pills but yet through all this like she's having like this tumultuous time she wins a golden globe and Mm -hmm. some like it hot. She's like at the pinnacle of her profession as an actress, making a ton of money, being really successful, exploring these different avenues of being an actress and, you know, comedy and also some drama. And so let's talk about the Kennedys. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
1: Let's do it. Do it
0: for her foot in the door. She was good friends with Pat Kennedy, sister of, john f kennedy jfk and bobby kennedy with pat kennedy she she starts going to some events with the kennedys and at one point she's like invited to a dinner party with the kennedys and Marilyn, who kind of exaggerates sometimes is telling her friends like it's a date with bobby kennedy even though it's just uh, a dinner party Mm. and eventually she also goes to an event at the white house or she goes to an event where jfk will be there allegedly through a lot of sources including you know like FBI journals and eyewitness sources. They exchange numbers there. And then she spends a weekend with president JFK in Palm Springs resorts. There are multiple witnesses who see her there. Again, journals kept by the FBI by all accounts. She spent the weekend there and they, people were like, yeah, they're like kind of all over each other. They were drinking. Mm. There's also another secret service who spoke on anonymously. And he said, because a lot of people are like oh there's this long drawn out love affair between the two and he's like trust me like i knew of all jfk's infidelities and ongoings she was there one weekend she became super interested and she would call the white house and try to get in contact with him all the time but jfk
1: kind of ghosted her i agree i think it was just like the one weekend yeah the one event mm-hmm. the one encounter Yeah. And I do think she
0: was super interested and she was telling her friends stuff like she was seeing Bobby Kennedy, but that wasn't really collaborated. A lot of people think he might have driven her home one night. And so maybe something happened also with Bobby Kennedy. And I mean, again, she's really good friends with Pat's like goes on vacations with Pat Kennedy. Yeah. And then of course, there's the birthday performance, Madison Square Garden. Which is crazy. I never realized there was that Madison Square Garden. Like, this is a huge arena.
1: It seems like a preposterously large venue (laughs) for a birthday party.
0: (laughs) And people can just show up, and they have a ton of people performing. And so Frank Sinatra is one of the performers. And then Marilyn comes on near the end. She sings Happy Birthday. It's kind of, like, seductive the way she sings it. She wears Mm. revealing clothing, which was not the clothing the people kind of instructed her to wear. People, of course, read a lot into it. Jackie Kennedy wasn't there.
1: And this was when the tabloids started kind of to blow up, saying that they had some sort of affair because of how she acted during the performance.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, so things are getting worse. She's taking a lot of pills, battling her depression, and probably schizophrenia, schizophrenia. I don't know if she was ever technically diagnosed with it. I think she was, to be honest. She had a lot of health problems, too. Like, she had issues with her gall, but she had gallstones. Yeah. And then, uh, on a a sad, sad day, August 4th, 1962, a housekeeper was suspicious why the light was still on, knocked on the door and found Marilyn Monroe dead. There were empty bottles next to her bed. The coroner ruled it as a probable suicide. Apparently, there was again 15 empty bottles on her bed but there are a lot of conspiracy theories saying that it was not an overdose intentional overdose because that's the other thing it maybe wasn't suicide maybe it was an accidental overdose um and saying she was killed what
1: do you think after everything that you've read Mm -hmm. and everything surrounding this do you think she was murdered (laughs)
0: I think most likely not. I think we have someone with like a a huge history of almost overdosing on pills, very tumultuous life, very tough life. We know she has depression. She has all these thoughts that she she clearly communicates to people that she is suicidal. She has almost overdosed with pills before, and they find her with overdose pills. I think most likely that sounds like suicide or an accidental overdose to me.
1: Or... Is that exactly what they would want you to think?
0: Yeah. Or this is a very, very clever crime. And so kind of the theory is that Marilyn Monroe threatened to, like the main theory is Marilyn Monroe threatened to come to the limelight with her affair with JFK. And as a result, they wanted to take care of the problem. Salter. (laughs) Some people are like, Oh, well if you look at the picture of the bottles, they're screwed on. If she just took them in her mouth, why would would she screw them back on? Some people have eyewitness testimony placing Bobby Kennedy in that area. Bobby okay. Kennedy denies it. There is so much information on this death being a killing, but I don't I'm not personally convinced, but it's not, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibilities, but I don't think there's enough hard evidence that's not, you know, to suggest it. What do you think?
1: Uh, Yeah, I agree. She has such a history with dealing with anxiety and previous attempted suicides and things of that nature. And her health was failing. I think, what is it, Occam's razor? Sometimes mm. the simplest solution is the correct one. I think sometimes it's just the answer that makes the most sense. People yeah. like to add conspiracy theories to it. Yeah, I, but what was the path she was on? You know what I mean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was like it wasn't like she was going to be on like if if just this event didn't happen, then she was going to be on the up and up. Like she was health, her health and mental state were declining at the time. Every conspiracy theory involves JFK. <laughs> that's a, that's kind of like the, the the Hitler rule. <laughs> it's like the conspiracy <laughs> theory JFK rule. <laughs> Any any lasting thoughts on Marilyn Monroe?
0: I had no idea how crazy her life was and how, you know, all the stuff she went through. And yet while going through the tough life, the orphanage, all the mental health issues, she still like gets to the top of her career and has such success.
1: Yeah. What, what are your
0: lasting thoughts?
1: Just that I, she was very talented, mm-hmm. and that she uh, it was it was interesting to learn about her and learn about how much of a symbol she was in post World mm-hmm. War II America. I gained a lot of explanation as to why she's such a strong cultural figure, yeah, in the United definitely. States. So I think that was uh, that was really interesting. And then, yeah, like you said, the the tragic aspect of it. Mm -hmm. just kind of an unfortunate underpinning to the whole story but uh definitely thinking about the fact that everybody talks about the way that she looked but Mm -hmm. the fact that she was into method acting and things of that nature that was pretty cool too so yeah yeah definitely all right let's uh let's round it out thank you once again everyone for listening we appreciate you we love you we hope you Kind of like us a little bit. <laughs> we love you. You like us. We're okay with that. Kind of a relationship yeah. right now.
0: Yeah. And if you enjoyed the episode, please, uh, you know, rate us, leave us a review, email us, find us on Instagram.
1: Yeah, you could rate us five stars. You could rate us four stars. You could rate us three stars. Oh, easy now. You oh. Leave us two stars though. I really need an explanation. <laughs> because, like <laughs> four stars makes sense. Five stars. Love to hear it. Two stars, though. Really going to need that comment. Please let yeah. us know how yeah. we can improve the podcast. If yeah. you have anybody that you want to listen to, hit us with that five-star review or whatever. Drop a comment who you want to learn about and not spend too, too much time. Learn about it in an entertaining way, hopefully. Curiously, when do
0: you most listen to podcasts? podcast?
1: When do I most listen to doing the dishes? I love listening <laughs> yes, to dude, the assholes,
0: sure. <laughs> I'm like, I'm always like, I'm like, hey, asshole
1: chores. I love it.
0: Like, hey, don't worry about it. I'll do the dishes.
1: Oh, I was talking about somebody, or I was talking to somebody about how the fact that if I try to listen to a podcast while I'm working, I'm either working or I'm listening to the podcast. Yeah. Either I don't okay. hear the podcast mm-hmm. or I'm only listening to the podcast and I'm not really focusing on work. I can, yeah. I, if I'm yeah. doing mindless work. Yeah, exactly.
0: Which mundane is most stuff. Most of the
1: time. Just kidding, just kidding, Mm -hmm. but seriously, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Some of the times working out a a new one that I did recently was falling asleep. Like, usually I watch a show or something, Mm. but sometimes you don't want that like visual screen looking at it, and it's just kind of nice to like
1: another big one driving, yeah, big podcast. Big one, yeah, yeah. I would say those are my big, those are my big times, yeah. Thank you, everyone.
0: Take care, everyone. Take care. Toodaloo.
1: (laughs) Toodles.